Whew, that was good. So good to worship with you guys. So good to be in the house of God. I'll say it again. Don't let the smooth jazz fool you. We're ready to go, right? Come on. You guys ready for the word of God? Then turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. We are in our Christmas series that's really focused in on the good news in Luke chapter 2. The angel came and famously announced to the shepherds that I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And so that was good news, wasn't it? Because the bad news is that we have all lived lives held captive by Satan and sin and death. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's probably still some of that going on in certain areas of our lives. And so the bottom line is we need a savior. We all need to be saved, right? And so then the good news is that the Savior has come. His name is Jesus. He came to save us and give us eternal life and victory over Satan and sin and death as we put our faith in him. And family, that really points to the two burdens that the Lord has given me for this entire series. First, if the good news of Jesus saves people and if it brings great joy to people and if it's for all people, then I really believe the Lord wants the good news to still work in all of our lives in new ways this Christmas season and beyond. Okay, even if we've already heard it a billion times before. All right, but here's the second burden. Listen, if the good news of Jesus saves people, and if it brings great joy to people, and if it's for all people, then the other burden is that we'd all live lives with a sense of urgency toward our world where we're saying, hey, do you all hear what I hear? Because I got the good news, right? We, and we all know other people in our lives that could not just use some good news, they need the good news. Amen? So I believe God wants all of us to take the lid off that it would be very difficult for you and me to contain the good news of Jesus that we've already received. And so speaking of that, I do want to say this right now. I am so proud of so many of you, church family. For the past two Sundays, we've been talking about all kinds of practical ways that we're going to share the good news of Jesus this Christmas season. And a whole bunch of y'all have been taking steps to do just that with us over the last few weeks. Come on, it's been so good. Okay, listen, first off, I'll, I'll remind you again, our giant Christmas spectacular is coming up on December 24th. Three services. Listen, I've been hearing story after story about how people have been, been inviting other people to join us that night. This is an opportunity to share the, the good news, right? I've been hearing stories about you guys. I heard about an individual whose father is coming with them, and church is normally not their father's thing. Come on, I love it. I've been seeing on the social medias, like people posting excited posts about, hey, you come join me for Christmas Spectacular, the whole thing. Um, I'll tell you what I do with social media, what I've, what I've done. Um, so I just recently ran into a guy that I grew up with, um, and we hadn't seen each other in years. Um, now, I will tell you, um, usually when I see people now that I haven't seen in a long time, it totally weirds them out that I'm a pastor now. Let's be honest, some of you are still a little weirded out. You're like, I knew you back when. Um, okay, so, but here, here's what I said. I was, like, I was like, hey, I'm just as shocked by this whole thing as you are. And I mean, I'm just as surprised as you are. Um, but then, then I, always, I always add in, but man, Jesus has changed my life. And so when I saw him, though, I, I invited him right there in person. I was like, man, you should come to the gathering. Come check it out. Uh, but I knew this. I knew 
Some of you know this, sometimes the first invite, you just know it's not going to work. You know what I mean? You're like going to have to wear them down. It's a holy wearing down, isn't it? It's good. Don't give up on inviting people if they say no the first time. Um, but I, I invited, I knew it was like the icebreaker. But so I did this, I just, and I've done this. I re- reach out on that social media, I just send a message, and I, hey, it was really good to see you. And I really do mean it. We'd love to have you come check us out. And Christmas Eve is the perfect time. Come join us. It's going to be powerful. Plus, there's going to be like a donkey and sheep and cows and hot chocolate and Christmas goodie bags for all the kids. Your family's going to love it. Amen? Man, so thank you for inviting so many people. I've been hearing these stories. Let's keep doing it. I wonder how many of us have people in our lives like that that we could send messages like that to over the next couple weeks. Amen? Man, I'm proud of you. In addition, a whole bunch of you took home Christmas cards that we're mailing out together this past week, and I bet a whole bunch of us started bringing them back this week. Thank you for that. Here's the idea. We simply want to equip everybody or give everybody in the church five Christmas cards that you could send out to five of your neighbors or maybe other people that God would put on your heart just as a simple way to bless them this Christmas season and maybe an easy way or a simple way to open a relational door with them, even if you don't know them. So that way, as they do get to know you in the future, they might have the opportunity to get to know the good news of Jesus through you. Amen? And so we're just asking, man, if you, if you did take some of those, the, the idea is just write their address on it, fill out, the, fill out the card, write the address on the envelope, bring it back, and we'll mail it out. If you brought those back, you can put them on a, in a um, basket on the booth in the lobby. But if you haven't got them yet, you can grab them today, bring them back next week, and we'll mail them out then. Can you... Just imagine how many people we can collectively reach out to if every household here like reaches out to five different neighbors. Merry Christmas, amen? So good. And then finally, here's the other big one, and we just celebrated it, but um, many of you, man, you've already given or you have committed to give towards our Heart for the House offering, either by helping us purchase furnishings that we need for the kids' building renovation, or you've already given a generous offering toward it. Thank you. I know Ashley just pointed it out, but did you see just the tiny amount of furnishings that are left hanging on the wall, the little, the papers, like when you walked in the door today? Do you see that? Come on. Here's what that means. It means a whole bunch of you are being generous. And I really want you to get this. Here's what it also means, that a whole bunch of you are helping to create spaces and places for kids and families to show up and receive the good news. More lives will be changed forever. Praise God. Thank you. Okay, and so I I know this. I mean, there's a little bit left out there, but we can get those things covered together, right? We got this. And so, okay, they're hanging on the wall. If you don't know, right, they they look like this. All right, and on the front, it just, it has the item. It lists the item, and then it lists how much it costs. And we're just asking, grab one of these or several of these if you haven't, or maybe if the Lord's moving you to do more. On the back, it shows the item in a few different ways that we can give to see these things happen or see these things get purchased. So grab some, join the fun if you haven't yet. Here's the one thing I wanted to encourage, um, and that is, um, I meant to say this last Sunday. If you did take some of those, or if you're planning to today, um, could we, like, purchase those or give towards those, like, today or really, really, really soon? And here's the idea. Um, just with the supply chain issues and all those things, we just want to make sure that the items are going to get here in time for the building to open up. Does that make sense? So if you did take a note and you need a little bit more time, man, it's cool. Or maybe just talk to one of us if you need some help with that or whatever that looks like, all right? But man, we can do this. Amen? Amen. And then just here's the other thing. If 
maybe the Lord's moving you to give an offering towards Heart for the House, not do the furnishings, but uh, for example, like help us continue to pay down the construction loan, um, then you can give an offering anytime, like leading up to the end of the year is a beautiful time to do that. And so thank you. We'll talk about that a whole bunch more in the new year. I can't wait. But so listen, just look at me, family. Everybody just look at me. Thank you. Come on, thank you for being a generous church. Thank you for wanting to take practical steps to join Jesus in what he's doing to share the good news. Amen. Can we do this? Can we actually thank Jesus together for all the good things he's doing that we get to be a part of? I mean, come on, give Jesus some praise. Thank you. You can do better than that. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Listen, I mean it. Thank you for all the ways that you are sharing the good news of Jesus. In fact, I'm going to make a statement right now that wouldn't have been considered bold at all very long ago. Um, But today, even in church, this is strangely becoming a bold statement. Okay, and here it is. And kids, heads up. This is our point for today. Listen, receiving and sharing the good news of Jesus... That's the entire purpose of life. One more time. Receiving and sharing the good news of Jesus is the entire purpose of life. Listen, receiving the good news of Jesus and then living according to it, you could say loving Jesus back while also sharing the good news of Jesus with others out of our love for him and gratitude to him, but also out of the love we now have for others because of his love for others in us now. Listen, that's the whole entire purpose of this life we're now living if we say, in fact, that we have already received the good news of Jesus. Okay, so listen, here's what's exciting. When you actively take part in sharing the good news of Jesus out of your love for him, like many of you have been taking steps to do, then listen, you're actually living according to the purpose that Jesus saved you for. And it gets better, okay? The angel said, the good news will bring great joy, right? Okay, listen to me carefully. Here's why great joy accompanies the good news. Because Great joy is found in living according to the purpose that Jesus saved you for. In fact, I would submit that great joy is truly only found in life, in living according to the purpose that Jesus saved you for. And here's what's so cool. I've seen this look of great joy on some of your faces over the last couple of weeks as we've been doing these things. I watched a guy walk in last week carrying a thing that he had purchased for the kids. You should have seen the look on his face. Come on, great joy. Amen? Okay, but now, here's why I said a moment ago that this is all kind of a bold statement. Because many church people today would like to believe that the Christian life can have different purposes than just the good news purpose. And so we're now more easily offended when there might be any kind of suggestion that we might still have changes we need to make in order to fully live according to the purpose that Jesus has saved us for. Come on. Hey, and listen, I've done this, okay? I've personally done this. I have tried to live a different kind of Christian life than the one Jesus saved me for. 
Okay, here's how we do this. Um, we try to find our joy in our purposes, in our wants, our ways, our plans, rather than Jesus's. Am I talking to the right people today? Look, we all love the idea of being saved by Jesus so long as it doesn't interfere with or inconvenience the plans that we've already made for our lives. Hello! <laughs> at the church that Rachel and I got saved at, or I got saved at, she was already saved. Like, she came out of the, she was born saved. At the church we got married at, we had this guy, and every time the pastor would make a great point in the most nasally voice, he'd yell out, Hello! I just helloed myself. But family, deep down, we all know this, right? When we live according to his purposes, I'm going to say it this way. When we don't live according to his purposes, that's when the lid stays on. And that's when we all start to lose our joy. Amen? But listen, and if I'm wrong about any of this, if you're like, I, I just don't know. Like, there, there can be other things. Listen, no, then, then why do we not just need revival in the world? Why do we still need revival in the church so bad these days? If that's not true, come on. But if we don't live according to the purposes that he saved us for, then the lid stays on. And how will there ever be revival in the world if we can't have it easily in the church? Okay, but then also, if I'm wrong about the joy part, then why? And I'm going to say this with much grace. Okay, but why are so many church people still not consistently joyful? Why is lasting joy, or you could say fulfillment, why is that still lacking in so much of the church? Okay, the lids and the lack of joy happen when we try to repurpose our Christian life for our purposes instead of the good news of Jesus. Because on the flip side, here's why some church people, you see everyone, you see them, they get so excited and they start getting so joyful in life. Here's why. Because they start discovering and therefore actually taking discipleship steps to live according to the purpose that Jesus saved them for. Again, which is living according to the good news and playing their part and sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And come on, do you know how fun it is to see people start coming alive like that? Now, we might use a little different language every now and again. We might say things like this, like, man, no, oh, they are on fire. You ever seen that? Oh, man, oh, they're just so faithful. Oh, man, they'll help out with anything. Oh, come on. She is not the same person she used to be. Oh, he, he's having a breakthrough. Man, God's moving in his life. Come on, right? You've seen this before, right? Listen, I know you've seen things like this before because I've seen it in quite a number of you. Okay, but listen, I am asking you. Are you that person in the church today? Have you been that person in the church at some point in the past? And if so... Really, just be honest between you and God. Are you still that person in the church today? 
If not, grace. But what's stealing your joy? You might even ask, what, what's getting repurposed? Now, okay, I want to be sensitive to this as we all ask ourselves if we're this person because I know this firsthand. We can all be our own toughest critics. Amen? So that reminds me, okay, this is probably a good time to say that. Listen, some of you, you're doing way better than you think you are. Okay, some of you, you really need to hear that. You're doing better than you think you are. Okay, I know it's not perfection. It's not perfection here either, but I can look at so many of your lives and I can just watch that it's, it's so evident you're living according to his purposes more and more all the time. Praise God. Okay, no, nonetheless though, this is why in week one of this series, I asked this very important question. Listen to me. When was the last time? Or has there ever been a time when the good news of Jesus truly meant more to you personally than anything else in the entire world? Because listen, we can't stop short of that if we say we've received the good news. We, we can't lose sight of that. I'm telling you, receiving or you could say living according to, you could even say being obedient to the good news and then sharing that good news of Jesus with others. That is the entire purpose of our Christian lives if we say we have received the good news of Jesus. Now, I know, though, some of you, like, you might be like, are you sure, though? Some of you, it's not on your face right now, but you're giving me some internal stank eye. Actually, it's some of you, it's external right now. You're just giving me some stank eye. You're like, I, I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> okay, I can prove it to you. All right, so let me just tell you, when God first put this series on my heart months ago, um, this message that I'm sharing today, this was the one that he gave me the vision for, and then the rest of the series has been born out of this that I'm going to share today. Okay, and here's what happened. Over the course of the sabbatical I took this past summer, as I just continued to read through the New Testament, here's what God began to show me just over and over and over again. Here's the good news. 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 I couldn't stop seeing it everywhere I looked, everywhere I read. Good news. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. So in week one of this series, listen, I mentioned that the good news of Jesus doesn't just show up when Jesus is born it's not just at Christmas time, but rather it's woven throughout the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Because the bad news is that we've all lived lives held captive by Satan and sin and death. It all began way back in the garden when Adam and Eve first sinned, but then God pronounced the good news. He made a promise right then and there after they sinned. And through his promise, he in essence preached the good news saying, one day at just the right time, I'm going to send a savior to save you. It showed up way back then, and then throughout the entire Old Testament, God continued to restate and re-clarify that promise or the good news. We saw it very clearly in the book of Isaiah. Then in Luke chapter 2, the angel pronounced the good news that the Savior had been born. He's here now. He's come. Merry Christmas. 
right? Then we saw in Luke, 4, Luke chapter 4 last week where Jesus himself pronounced the good news of why he came, that he'd come to save everyone who was spiritually bankrupt, and that is everyone. Right? Everyone who's been held captive by Satan and sin and death. In other words, he came to live the sinless life we have not lived and then die to be the sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins on the cross, but that he would rise again and therefore conquer Satan and sin and death so that as we believe that good news about him and what he's done, and as we put our faith in him, we might then be saved by him and become spiritually rich through him. Come on, filled with the Holy Spirit, saved and reborn for his purposes that he created us for. Living then free and victorious with him over Satan, over spiritual death, captivity, blindness, and oppression. Check one, two, check one, two. Oh, praise the Lord. We're back. Merry Christmas. Let's never have that happen again. <laughs> All right, we doing okay? Okay, so I had just passionately explained the good news of Jesus, and you are all on board with it, right? Come on. That Jesus saves, that Jesus gives us life to the full. And so, listen, just think about it. Is there truly anything better in life than that? Is there any better news that we could actually receive than that? Is there truly any greater purpose we could live our lives for than that? Is there anything greater that we could share with others than the good news? Is there any greater way we can express our love and gratitude to God than by joining him in sharing his good news with others, by, by joining him to do exactly what he came to do, and that is, we heard it this morning, seek and save the lost. Thank God he did it with us. To go after all the people around us that he loves just as much as us. Is there anything greater? And by the way, listen, that right there is what brings Jesus. It brings the Father. It brings the Holy Spirit. The Bible even says angels, all of heaven. That brings them more joy than anything when you and me and sinners become children of God. When we receive the good news and get saved, heaven has a party as we become God's kids. That, and listen, that's the original purpose that we were all created for. To be God's kids just like Jesus. That's the purpose, purpose that Jesus still saves us for. So with that in mind, listen, if we were made to be like Jesus, and we were, and if we've been saved to live for his purposes, and we have, and if sharing the good news of Jesus is what brings Jesus great joy, then is there truly anything else in life that we could find that could somehow give us more joy than, than that right there? Now, family, we're lying to ourselves and we're robbing ourselves of purpose and joy when we try to repurpose our Christian lives. Okay, which is precisely then why Jesus invited his disciples, a.k.a. recipients of the good news. This is why he invited them into his joy by giving them their purpose as he gave them the great commission. He told them, hey, you guys now go do and do what I do. Join me. Go and make disciples of all nations. 
Okay, listen, that's the way he said it in the book of Matthew. But I want you to see this. Mark also included the Great Commission. And Mark included a sentence that Jesus said that, that Matthew didn't include. Here's what Jesus told his disciples in the book of Mark 16, verse 15. Watch this. He said, go into all the world and preach the what? The good news to everyone. Let me give you some purpose, guys, right here. Okay, and look, if that's not enough to convince you that, that, that the good news is our purpose, then I can show you, show you it in another place. Listen, just, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating one bit. You'll see it, okay? Just a little bit earlier in Mark. If you got your Bibles open to Mark chapter 8. I'm going to pick it up in verse 35, and kids, heads up, we're coming to our key verse. Mark 8, verse 35, Jesus said, watch this, come on. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try to repurpose it or stick with your own purposes instead of mine, Jesus says, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the, the good news, you will save it. Come on, are you seeing it? I'm really asking, are you seeing it? Okay, here's what God began to show me, family. Listen, there are 27 books in the New Testament, okay, but the phrase, good news, it actually shows up 127 times throughout those 27 books. It's actually 132 times if you include the word gospel, because that word gospel simply means the good news of Jesus. So listen, um, I said earlier that it's woven throughout your Bible from Genesis to Revelation from beginning to end. Listen, the good news isn't just the thread of the New Testament. It's like it's the fabric. Okay, it's everywhere. And so I really believe that God wants us to see this. I believe he wants us to hear it. I believe he wants us to get it, that receiving and living according to the good news while sharing it with others is our entire purpose in life. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to read a bunch of these scriptures. I wanted to read all 132 of them, but that means we'd be here till 2 in the afternoon which I'm personally okay with because that's how good of a Christian I am. <laughs> Those are jokes. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a bunch of them, all right? And here's what I'm asking you to do. Um, they're going to be up on the screen. Mate, can, can we open our hearts to the Word of God? He wants us to see it. He wants us to hear it. He wants us to get it. I'm not saying we've got to walk out of here having every ounce of the purpose figured out. He has a unique purpose on your life within the greater mission of the good news. Okay, I'm not saying you've got to walk out of here today and quit your job. That's not what I'm saying. But you, you are where you are, and you are with the people you are with for a purpose. And he wants us to see it. Here we go. 
Matthew 24, 14. This is Jesus speaking about the mission he's called us all to. He says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. That's what a huge role the good news plays before the end happens. Acts 8, verse 4, but the believers who were scattered, and they were scattered because they were persecuted for living according to the good news, but nonetheless, the believers who were scattered, they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Acts 20, verse 24, this is Paul speaking. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Romans 1.17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Romans 10.14-15, talking about how the church must share the good news with others, but how can they call on him, Jesus, to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. 1 Corinthians 15.2, it is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe. 2 Corinthians 9.13, speaking of the church, giving generous offerings to help spread the good news. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient or living according to the good news of Christ. Galatians 1.6, warning those who have received the good news but who are now repurposing their Christian lives. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. Ephesians 6.15, Speaking of putting on the whole armor of God, for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared, fully prepared to share it. Philippians 1.27, above all, you must live. You must live as citizens of heaven. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Colossians 1.6, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4 through 5, we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you. Why? We know that he's chosen you. Why? He chose you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words but also with power. 2 Thessalonians 2.14, he, Jesus, called you to salvation when we told you the good news. Now now that you've received it, you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy 1.8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, Paul says, even though I'm in prison for him with the strength God gives you. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Philemon 1, verse 1. This is, a, this is a letter from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus. Hebrews 4, 1 through 2. Now the promise 
of entering into God's rest, talking about heaven, is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise. We've got to live according to it and not fail to experience it, for we have heard the good news of deliverance. 1 Peter 1, 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. And here we go, one more. I told you, start to finish. Genesis to Revelation 14, verse 6. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. I'm going to invite the band to make their way up here. Listen to me. Do you hear it? Come on, listen, listen. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear how important this good news is? Do you see what it's supposed to mean to our lives? I mean, can I ask, does that bold statement we made earlier, does it really sound all that bold now? Family, receiving the good news of Jesus and living according to it, loving him back while sharing the good news of others because of our love for Jesus and because of our gratitude to him and also because of the love that we now have for others because of his love for others in us now. That's the whole entire purpose of this life we're now living if we say we have already received the good news. This is why the mission of our church is, we say it this way, to love God, live free, and make disciples. That's our way of saying, let's live according to and share the good news with others so that we can see our region reborn. And beyond that, come on. And so listen, I'm telling you, God has uniquely gifted you and he has a specific assignment, or you could say he's got a specific purpose for your life within that greater mission if you say you've received the good news. And so here's the question, come on. Have you received it? Have you received it? And I know we have. I know so many here, we've received it. So I'm going to ask this with much grace. Listen, what are you living for? Are there ways that you, that you have been trying to repurpose the Christian life? Are there any lids on the good news in you. Okay, and if so, I've got good news. I got good news today. Listen, no matter what your life has been like leading up to this moment right here, Jesus still has purpose and great joy for you 
and you can have it. Merry Christmas. There's no reason you can't have the purpose and the joy that he has for you. And so the question is then, how do we receive it? How do we begin to repurpose our lives to his purposes? Well, look, I, I would encourage us to, yeah, let's take part in the things that we're doing together this Christmas season that we've already been talking about. Let's do those things. Let's invite like crazy. Let's give generously. Let's do all those things, okay? But, but listen, here, here's what I want us to do. Um, what if right now, this Christmas season, what if we pray a bold prayer together? What if today in the presence of Jesus, we together tell Jesus that we want our lives to be fully purposed for him and his good news? Amen? Maybe some of us haven't prayed a prayer like this in a long time. Maybe some of us have never seen it this way before. But what if today, come on, is the Holy Spirit in this place? Is anything happening in your heart? What if we start with a prayer where we tell Jesus boldly, Jesus, I want my life to be repurposed for your purposes. And then what if we ask him and give him permission and say, I want you to come and repurpose my life for your purposes. Which means when Jesus or the Holy Spirit talks to you, gives you a next step and he will then that means that right now we're actually committing to say yes Lord I will follow you because there's purpose his purpose behind each and every step he has us take amen and it gets better listen to me fam I guarantee as you and I allow him to repurpose our lives, fully purpose us for his purposes, as we take those steps, I guarantee you're going to find your life flooded with great joy. Many of us are longing for it. Many of us are wondering why it doesn't last. Great joy is found in living for the purpose that Jesus saved you for. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.